Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Mineral Community Players Podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. Yay! Uh, I am your uh, fill-in El De Facto host today, Ron Roberts, as David Pivor, our normal De Facto host, is on assignment. Uh, also on assignment today is Robert Yeoman. So joining me in the Green Room, going left to right on your radio dial, is Brian Burchett Ross. And we liked her so much that we asked her back. Uh, she's so gracious to join us again, Miss DeVoe Riggs. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Yeah, so it's almost like, well, you know, dad's away. The kids are going to play, right? <laughs> yes. She's yeah. my Joanne. Wow. She's my oh, Joanne. Goodness. I know. I'm going right back to it because I just. <laughs> so uh, one of the topics we're going to talk about today is something that is near and dear to one person's heart. <laughs> In this, uh, in this room. And that is choreography. And I know that many of us have all gone to shows and thought, wow, how'd they do that? And I know myself, I've asked, well, why would I do that? <laughs> but uh, we do want to ask our resident here, DeVoe, uh, how do you make dancing uh, approachable for those of us who are non-dancers? Oh, okay. Good question. Um, I think there's a multitude of things. Number one, I think, is being just really positive and keeping in mind that in musical theater, especially community theater, the term dancer is used very loosely. Most people in your cast are not going to be prima ballerinas with 15 plus years of dance experience. So knowing who you're working with and um, their ability levels and making choreography that they look good doing, I think is super important. Obviously, we always know, like, I'm a dancer, I'm the choreographer, whoever you're working with, years of experience, they're going to look good and do a no, no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. You have to make choreography that your specific group that you're working with is able to achieve um, nice and clean. Um, choreography, I think, always looks better when everyone is together and feels confident doing it, having fun doing it, rather than steps that are too advanced that everyone's just panicked and freaked out about and not self-assured that's kind of what I base um when I'm teaching does the cast look good do they feel good do they like it they're going to perform it better and there's your answer well so you mentioned that most of your performers are not going to be dancers yeah so I think to me a challenge would be how do you keep people engaged if you have people who have experience right how how do you do that how do you bridge that gap So usually in a show, um, if there's a variety of levels of dancers, is I will have like a core group, maybe four or five of them that actually do have really good experience, you know, who could um, bust out a turn or do a couple high kicks or something, um, giving them certain moments to shine in different numbers where they're doing maybe a couple counts of eight different than everybody else. That's a really good way to include everyone's talents. Um, And non-dancers, I think a lot of people don't realize that they are capable of doing some more challenging things. So just got to put in the work. Um, another thing is like using a variety of terminology. Like not everyone knows the specific names of steps, but if you said you're going to put your weight in your right foot and then you're going to rock back on your left foot and demonstrate, someone could be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Rather than me saying a crazy name or and even in dance, the steps don't all have the same names depending on where you danced or who your dance teacher was. So a variety of lingo, I think, helps. I also make videos um, at the studio, like practice videos, like 80s okay. workout style with me facing away from the camera so you can dance along with me. Mm-hmm. That seems to have been very beneficial for dancers and non-dancers alike. So for each show, you you 
you video that out yep. and, and they can take it at home and, and work on it themselves. Yep, we do two things. I'll video myself. I'll videotape myself doing the choreography so they can practice long. And then we also take like rehearsal videos mm -hmm. where we um, record the cast and then you can watch yourself specifically. Sometimes you might not even realize like, oh, I'm using the wrong hand there. or Oh, everyone else is smiling and I look very sad. So that helps with learning choreography and critiquing your own choreography to become a better dancer. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if you can, can you use that on straight shows? I wonder, because I've actually been thinking about using a video camera for the show yeah. I'm directing now in January. Twilight Definitely with straight shows. Nathan um, sometimes live streams rehearsals that he's leading. So if someone is not there, um, he can t talk directly to the camera like so-and-so. You're going to exit stage right, and then you're going to enter stage left with a chair. Talk right directly to the <laughs> camera. That way, if you missed rehearsal, you didn't miss out on your blocking rehearsal because you can watch the video. Also beneficial if maybe you're at rehearsal and not having the best day or got home and forgot to write something down, you just can pull up that live stream and um, be there in real time. Wow. Ty, it's like technology. <laughs> who knew? Right? I know. I mean, seriously, who knew? So I still, I still can't program my VCR, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do they still make those? I don't know. Oh, okay. So, do you have a specific type of dance that you like to choreograph? Now, I'm going to be the first to say I'm probably talking completely in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what I want to say, I can't, because it's a family show. Um, <laughs> but uh, totally a lack of, of knowledge on the dance uh, terminology here. But is there a specific type of dance that you like to, to, to do? Yeah, definitely. So, I started dancing when I was seven, and I have training in multiple styles of dance, even just some odd ones. Like, I can do, I can twirl Koei balls, Tahitian style. Um, <laughs> my favorite style of dance to teach is probably surprising, but I am a hip hop gal. I love some busting a down booty shaking. That's my favorite style. That's really, that's really huh. why I'm a fan of more um, like modern musicals. Um, even mm -hmm. like the newer like Disney musicals have some songs in there with killer beats that you really get to huh. do some of that. That's like my favorite um and that's also a style i wasn't trained in until i was a teenager so i feel still kind of rebellious you know breaking mm -hmm. my ballet standards <laughs> um, but other than that i i love trying like different styles if doing some research whatever show we're doing finding some new moves and some new um, ways to move your body and i'm also a tapper so anytime i get to tap definitely I've, uh, now that is the one there's a couple styles of dance i i wish i could have learned and tap dance is truly one of them i i, I think tap is i uh, love tap and it's yeah. a style not a lot of people know it's kind of fading out these days so yeah i try and that's too bad there's that's a tap a number in a show that we can make a tap that's always fun thing for me. Now I'm curious, what is your least favorite? Do you have a least favorite? Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> hot, hot topic here, folks. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get, um, I don't know, canceled. Um, <laughs> I joked about it earlier, but I am not a ballet gal. I think I have uh, trauma from childhood being tall and chunky. <laughs> so ballet is not for my body type. Um, but I, I think I danced ballet for eight years so i know how to do ballet and right. i've had to use those skills for many a show mm -hmm. but if i had my choice that would be my least favorite style to dance choreograph and watch really <laughs> well I'm good. Yeah. i understand yeah. i understand that. uh so out of the 40 shows that you've done correct mm -hmm. i want to say a majority of them at your studio have been musicals yes i think if i had to guess it'd be like 30 ish have been musicals okay yeah so 
good majority. So what would you say would be your favorite number? I know it's like kids. You can't really pick just one. Oh, but my we're goodness. putting you on wow. the spot here. Wow. If, if somebody came to you and said, DeVoe Riggs, show me what dancing means to you, what would you pick? Wow. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's, that's a really good one. Um, I, I think I have two. Sure. Okay. okay. So, and they're going to be two totally different styles. So, nice. um, but I can't do it alone from Chicago was typically just a Velma Kelly number. And we added in the male and women's dance ensemble into that when we did it. Um, some of my favorite choreography that I've ever done. It looked so nice, so fun. So that would be like traditional musical theater. Mm-hmm. That would be my choice. Um, and then every year we do a review show that's um, themed and we've done like early 2000s, 80s. We did one that was all, it was called Jack Jams. It was all sports themed. Um, we did a spooktacular themed one. So it was Halloween. Um, and I kind of was a little loose with the picking of the song. So it wasn't all like Monster Mash and stuff. And right. I picked some songs that as it, if it would require to you to be in a full costume, I counted that as a Halloween song. And I <laughs> did a dance to Will Smith's Wild Wild West, oh, which is oh. which was combination hip hop and country favorite song I've ever choreographed. And I really? would say that most people in that number would also put it very high on their list. Just a blast. So much fun. Nice. Hmm. Nice. Now, um, do you, in, in, since you love choreography and all that, have you, do you, have you gone back and, and, uh, studied some of the, especially the Broadway, the big broad, like Bob Fosse and, and all that. I'm constantly learning. And I think the best part about being a choreography or choreographer in today's society is you can learn literally everything on YouTube. There's full master classes, full convention classes, um, and not just relying on what you already know, I think is really important. Continuing learning new styles, even silly things like TikTok, there's new songs and new dance moves. If you throw one of those in a teenage production, they're going to lose their minds. So <laughs> continuing to grow. And, you know, even if you already think you know a choreographer, maybe there's a show that they choreographed before they were famous, learning some moves from that. Continuing, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the uh, in excitement in this room is contagious. I feel like I want to get up and dance. <laughs> I, or she's so excited about this. Guy. I love to dance. My oh. favorite thing in the world. We were <laughs> on the way here. I was like, kind of listening to some things that I would like to say, and most kids play like house or dinosaurs or cars. I would play dance recital, and I would perform like a whole routine, and I would like tell my mom like. So we're starting out, there's nine of us. We're in three triangles. Then we're going to combine into one triangle. Then when I'm over here, that's when the circle happens. So know that there's two circles happening at the same time. I'm going left. Everyone else is going right. Like, And I would perform you, like you a whole routine. Wow. And I could like see them in my head. Um, that's <laughs> so great. So I've is. always had like that mindset. My mom calls me uh, like dancer rain man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a, a big distinction is you can be a really great dancer. Mm-hmm. You can be a really great choreographer. Sometimes those things um, aren't simultaneous. Like I think there's a certain part of your brain you have to have to be a really good choreographer and be creative and know all that stuff that when you can see formations in your mind, like I think that's when you know you got it. That is an interesting point because there is that theory that some of the best doers aren't the best teachers. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that you bring that up in the dance um situation where maybe the people who can dance the best may not always be the best be able to uh, articulate what it is that they want yeah, done. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Who are some of your favorite choreographers? Oh, 
Wow, that's a really good question. I am a huge fan of Molly Gray. Um, she was on So You Think You Can Dance. Um, she's a queer artist and real multi like trained in a multitude of dance styles. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy Moore, not Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore, but there's yeah. a choreographer named Mandy Moore. <laughs> um, she choreographed La La Land, which I'm a huge fan of, oh, okay. and she's okay. done a lot of um, like work on stage and for film. So mm-hmm. big fan of hers. And then of course, Kenny Ortega, the uh, Disney yes, man himself. Is. Yes. Um, he yeah. is going to never stop choreographing, I think. But I think our styles are very similar and working. He works with a multitude of abilities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have like those big name stars, sometimes they're not the best dancers in the room, but I think overall he knows how to make a masterpiece. Have you ever had, uh, in any of your shows, have you ever had someone that in the end you just say, I have done everything I can? <laughs> uh, oh, that's, that is too funny. Um, <laughs> and it's just not working. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I always look at it like sometimes dancing just isn't a person's thing. But if they, at the studio, if they have made an improvement from the day of auditions to the day of the show and they feel good about themselves and they are having fun, um, their family in the audience isn't going to be comparing them to the 30 other people on stage. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, wow, so-and-so is having a good time or wow, look at how much better they are since the last time we saw them on stage. And to me, that's not a lost cause. I think that that's what it's all about. Sure. Wow. wow I feel like I just like one Miss America. I, well, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I vote for you. I, it's like Mary Sunshine over there. I just oh, love it. Oh, Lord. It's great. Just no, that's no. I don't mean that in a bad something. way. That's very, very. But but really, ultimately, that is the the goal of community theater, yeah. though, is for everyone yeah. to enjoy themselves, have I, a good time. And I think yeah. sometimes that's yeah. that's forgotten. You know, when people are at rehearsal, this is what they are doing as their hobby. Right. Um, so there needs to be that level of enjoyment. As well, people should never like leave a rehearsal feeling bad about themselves. People should like want to come to rehearsal, even for just conversation. Sometimes at the studio, we have we like literally are physically kicking people out because rehearsal has ended 30 minutes ago and they're just chit chatting and having a good old time. And we're like, we have places to be, <laughs> but that's a good thing when, oh, when, it is. It when is. rehearsal has ended yep. and people don't want to leave. Yeah, so definitely keeping in mind that this is what people are doing for fun. Mm-hmm. Right. right, and that's, that's like a, and that's, that's an atmosphere thing. Exactly. No one's getting paid for this. It's it's you're you're giving your time because you love what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. And if you love what you're doing, you're gonna work your you're I gonna work we're, hard. To, and it's gonna show, and people are gonna be attracted to that energy, and it just continues to build and build and build. And that's not just in theater. That's anything. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. that energy. Um, can I talk about one of the things we do at Spotlight? That Please, you. Really talk as many of them as you want. So we've tried to um, consider that auditions are a very stressful thing for people of all ages. So before auditions happen, we do open auditions where everyone can watch. Um, everyone sing, everyone dance. So in that way, you have a view of everyone you were auditioning against. You know exactly what, like, if you want to say competition or whatever, you know exactly what everyone do did. We do open auditions. Sure. And before auditions, I get up and give a speech that, like, Spotlight is a very inclusive atmosphere and we don't want anybody to be nervous. So we like a good old hoot and holler after every single person auditioned. And I explain that doesn't mean you're just going to root for your five friends that you know here. You're going to root for every single person that gets up there. So a new person coming to the studio after you sing and you're ready to maybe vomit. <laughs> if when the whole room 
is cheering and clapping and woohooing. That's like one of my favorite feelings, almost like an emotional moment for me to witness. Mm -hmm. Um, But that right there is another just atmosphere thing automatically makes people feel comfortable. And that energy translates to rehearsals. You know, if someone is singing their solo in front of the group for the first time, you know that you're going to get applause and high fives and hugs afterwards. It's a really good feeling. And it's, and it shows, and especially for the young people, I bet it teaches and shows support, support for every single person that is there, support for your team, which is something we talked about. Yeah, working as a team, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think we all can agree that that feeling of being on stage, and if you haven't been on it, it's hard to to quantify it to people, but when you get a reaction, any reaction, whether it's a good, bad, or no reaction, Mm-hmm. It triggers something in your mind, and you know. I remember back in high school, um, we did Grease. <sighs> it has not held up well, folks. Um, but anyways, um, and I remember after the show, I was a junior in high school, and um, after the show, uh, this guy came up to me. He had graduated when I was a freshman, and he had gone on to play college football at University of Wisconsin. Very famous family in, in Monroe, uh, Nick Rafko. Oh, if yeah. you may remember, Kaylani Ray Rafko Wilson's brother. Oh, okay. All right. And there he was standing there in his Letterman jacket, right? And there I was in my grease hair. With the jacket. He comes up to me. He's like, how do you do that? I can't believe you just did that. And I thought, well, here's this dude who's playing in the Rose Bowl, playing mm-hmm. college football. And he's asking me how I do this. And it was like, wow, you know? That's mm-hmm. really cool. And, and it does. And it, it just makes you realize that there are people out there who can't do what oh. you can do. Oh, yeah. 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 And they appreciate that. And I think that to teach that at an early age, it's like, you know, it, it, it really does instill that confidence and allows you to be able to know that you can do things that maybe yeah. you don't think you can. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But back to that point about getting the talents of everybody and how to do it. I think that one of the other things that I know we've talked about many times about if you're the lead, you know, you don't get to spend a lot of time in the green room. Um, but I think you mean that if you're Daddy Warbucks? Twice. Twice. <laughs> Once, you know, you know, we're not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to do it. He's we, not here. Oh, by the Dave. way, we love you, Dave. We love you. And he's he's, he's still, still here. here. He's, he's just still on here. assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you have an ensemble cast, I think obviously, depending on the roles, certain people have bigger parts than others. But I think you do need to identify those people and say, look, you know, you may not be the focal point of this scene, but your reactions, your interaction can tell the story just as much as everybody else. And I think that that's one thing I remember from Little Mermaid from your show is just how everyone was engaged in that. Mm-hmm. And when they were on stage and, yeah, you're looking at Ariel, but you rec- you noticed all other 60 other people that were on stage at the same time. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and to me, that also goes to your production staff of being able to, again, like Brian said, you know, knowing what you have and how to use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For yeah. Little Mermaid, the ensemble isn't in too much like how it's written um but nathan and i both are really good at finding songs that there can be a dance ensemble um the in ariel's grotto all of the her gadgets and gizmos and whatnot um i had water dancers so anytime there was water in the show dancers came out and danced um and they held the golden items in ariel's grotto and my seagulls tap danced and there was actual poor unfortunate souls as all the little kids in ursula's number I think you just got to be creative and and find moments that can utilize everyone's um, talents and making them feel valuable and their time valuable too. Super important. I think we all have, there's total negative connotations with being in the ensemble. And you know what? 
sometimes in a two hour show, if you're only on stage for two numbers, I would feel pretty negative about that too. But you just, you got to be creative and seeing a whole stage full of people, all ages, Mm -hmm. like nothing is better Mm -hmm. than that for musicals. So that's one of my favorite things to do is find little moments that we can add a little extra, extra dance or extra acting bit or extra vocals or whatever we can do a little, be a little extra. (laughs) Give it, give it just a little bit more. Yeah, Absolutely. So one of the things that we've talked a lot about maybe kind of inadvertently is time Mm -hmm. and how we need to respect people's times as actors in community theater, as directors, as producers. To me, I think that that is huge, that these people have taken time out of their day or out of their lives to to commit to a show. Definitely. And when you set that schedule, when you set the times that you you need someone there, that you honor that because nothing is worse as an actor, when you don't feel as though your time is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of a few productions where, you know, rehearsal is supposed to start at 7, director rolls in at 7.30, 7.45, maybe we'll start, and then we're still done by 9, and okay, well, we didn't get to your scene, so we're sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's aggravating. What, what do you think challenges are for that? I mean, what can are there best practices that we can put in place to make sure that we do utilize time effectively or... Well, I, I think you just, you've, see, and I think this is a very, it's a, it's, it's a very thin line because as a director, choreographer, you know, uh, especially director, choreographers, those that are in charge, you want them to have fun. You want them to want to put on the best show possible, but you got to stand pretty firm on a lot of things. Now, if, like you said, if the director's rolling in late, you're already way behind the eight ball at that point. There's, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, that's really bad. But, um, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a Nazi uh, about it. But you have to be firm and say, listen, you're one, you're an important part of the team, but you're you are one part of a team and everybody and so you sometimes i think you just got to be firm you just got to say this is the way it is we are here at seven we start at seven we end at nine nine thirty whatever um and the director has to make sure and i say this as someone who has no rehearsal schedule written up yet as i leave on vacation so you know hypocrisy here is my name but um uh, you, you know, you got to have, you got to stick to a rehearsal schedule. If you, if you have a rehearsal schedule, you have to stick to it and, and have everybody else stick to it as well. That's, I mean, that's yeah, just my opinion. Definitely. I mean, but, making a schedule and sticking to it is I think important for a lot of reasons, but I think that goes back to if you make the schedule and you're going to be there on time that, and not waste other people's time, that's respecting them. Mm-hmm. And in the same light, if, if they know that, if they know they're coming to rehearsal at seven and, or 655 and we're starting at seven yes. and the schedule says they're done at nine and maybe we got on at 847 that day or something that's respecting their time and i think that respect goes you know both ways yeah um for us like if we didn't have like a set schedule because we overlap so much we would be in shambles so typically we have a rehearsal schedule set by the first rehearsal mm-hmm. and it's broken down by like song scene all the tech stuff is on there and we stick to that. There's not a lot of wiggle room or wiggle room. And then that also has like off book date when we're starting with costumes, like all that information up front. And then you kind of have no excuse, you know, if 
someone's like, oh, I got scheduled to work. I mean, they had their schedule a month ago. So right. that kind of helps with conflicts right. type of deal too. Uh, I don't know uh, what players like audition forms type of deal looks like, but that the very end of our audition forms has a little check yes or no. Um, it says like that um, you'll have your cast fee paid. You'll rehearse at home. You will be here every day of tech week, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we also have people sign that the conflicts listed above we're going to honor um, excessive conflicts or tardiness that go past what you wrote on this form that we are aware of could could result in removal of the show. We have never had to do that. We've had a couple people come to us themselves and said, I, I really thought I could make this work with my rehearsal schedule or with my family commitments or whatnot, and they've had to back down. Sure. Um, so that's a little different. But again, when people know up front, I, th- I think it's a little different. So let's see. So what else do I want to talk about, guys? <laughs> are, we, are we there already? <laughs> no, we? no, 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 no. I kid, I kid. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am so editing that moment out. <laughs> that, that moment uh, goes out. So I, I guess a question I would have and, uh, uh, this this episode obviously will be after Thanksgiving. Oh yes, yeah. So uh, we'll have a little moment here of what are we what are we thankful for? Uh, and from a theater standpoint, we'll, we won't necessarily get personal, but from a from your theater experiences, whether it be on a show, in a show, what you've seen, what are you thankful for? Wow. <laughs> um. Ooh, all right. Well, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What a question. Well, currently I'm thankful that professional theater is back. I've got to see two professional shows in the past two weeks. Oh, what, what, have, what have you seen? I saw Pretty Woman at the Fisher and the 25th annual Rent Tour at the Fisher. Oh. So very excited about that. I wonder that. if anybody else has seen anything in live. I, you, we're not going there. Yes, I saw <laughs> Anastasia. I saw Anastasia, everybody. Great costuming. <laughs> um, anyway. And then I guess from theater standpoint, every year I'm thankful that like that little kid who is was a musical theater and dance nerd is doing. I get to do what I love mm. every day. It's and it's my career and something I'm gonna be doing for forever now. So when you really stop and like look back and think about that, so much to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's nice. I'm thankful that um, I'm thankful that after all these years of. Uh, kind of mostly being off stage that I or out of theater that I'm that I'm back and and I and I'm happy to be back. It's it feels good. I mean there's like like Devo just said when you're when you have a passion for something and you've had it excuse me when you've had it your whole life and you don't and you have 15 to 20 years where you're not doing it it's it it weighs feel, on you. But it's got to feel so good and to it, be back. It man. does. It, it, you know, the when we did rumors a couple years ago, no matter what, <laughs> I know. And the, the play was, no. that yeah. play was, that had, play had moments. Um, but it just felt good to be back in that saddle again. And it's interesting because some people that don't have that love don't understand yeah. that passion. Yeah. And I don't care if there's an audience out there or not, honestly. I just want to be on stage playing a part with a whole bunch of other people that are having as much fun and working as hard as I am. <laughs> yep. That's all it's about for me. So, But I'm thankful for that. Um, I am thankful, like you said, live theater is back. Uh, and I, I'm thankful. And I'm very thankful that 
in two days, I will be in London, England at the West End watching Witness for the Prosecution and then uh, Mary Poppins. So, yeah. Uh, life's good, pal. Just remember, anybody can make her fly over the over the, the audience. <laughs> yes. Just remember that. Yes, yes. I, 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 <laughs> not everybody has the money, though. Uh, that's right. It's Tuesday for them. Um, <laughs> I, I guess what I would say yeah. I'm thankful for, kind of like Brian said, um, I took a little break myself for a while, and I got back involved heavily in 2016. So it's been about five years. And uh, it is. It's it, Once you get that spark rekindled and you forget, how good it feels to mm-hmm. not only just be on stage, but to be around people who think and, and wow, well, that's horrible to say that nowadays, but people who feel the same, well, that also doesn't really hurt <laughs> people, uh, who, who share the same passion as you, that, you I go. think that's safe, there you um, go. that we work towards the same goal, you know, and, and no matter what it is, even like Brian's point, even if there's nobody out watching, just mm-hmm. to be able to get up there and do the show and, um, doubt, for example. Yes, I'm going to talk about it. You should. Um, it was an excellent show. It excellent was show. probably the most draining emotionally show I've ever been involved with. And at the end of it, it was just one of those things where I, just, I sat there afterwards and I'm like, oh, why do I do this? And then I remember why I do this. And it, it just it's just that feel that you don't get anywhere else. And again, if you haven't done anything in front of a group or on stage and just put yourself out there. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal feeling, it really is. Well, and like like DeVoe said earlier, um when you have those moments where the audience just connects with you and you connect with the audience, it's it's a thrill that Yeah, unmatched. Yeah. Totally. When I did um, Bent, uh, way, 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 way back, uh, which was a, a very heavy drama uh, in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany, I played a um, a gay prisoner, um, and I, I lost. I was like almost just a hundred pounds for this show. I w- I lost a ton of weight. I was. I did everything I could. It is so rewarding because, like you said emotional shows you are drained by the end although i had a wonderful death scene i might add but it, you know that you you're you are emotionally drained but when you when the, when the show is over and you walk out to meet the audience and they're still crying oh my god it's like yes you got them you got them they got it it's great it's a yeah, great did, feeling uh, i was in uh one floor of the cuckoo's nest with uh down river actors guild and uh you're on stage for most of that show even if you don't have a lot of lines so you constantly had to be in character and one of the things the challenges that our director gave to us is all right what is your interpretation of mental illness now again that was very can be challenging because you don't want to just go stereotypical and and you know so i developed ticks for my character where he was constantly scratching at his hands i for weeks had open sores on my hand oh my because God. it was just yeah. but it was like it was just so cool yeah. i mean and, and it was and it's worth it yeah it and, was and and, and you know and we've all been there where, yep. where we've had family and friends go, why are you doing that? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you, and you just, you can't explain it, but it's like, I have to, because that's. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you really break it down to non-theater people and they're like, okay, so you rehearse a show for six weeks, you do it three times and then you're done with it for forever. Like that does sound like a lot, but those three days are worth every minute of sweat and work that Absolutely. you put in in those six weeks and the friendships that develop and the benefits you get just in your everyday life from being involved in theater also mm-hmm. unmatched. But to a non-theater person, yeah. it's hard 
it's hard to explain. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. I agree with you. Now, is there, um, I want to go back a little bit with, uh, with the choreography and the dancing. We're going to keep this a little bit on the choreography. Sure. Thing. Um, what are some of the roles, uh, that musical, mostly choreography that you have not done yet that you would love to do? Oh, wow. Well, I'll start off with, um, a show that I know, I think all of you are not fans of, but I, I would love to choreograph cats. Oh, I get to use my sound effect. There it is. (laughs) There it is. That is a for sure dream of mine. It's a wonderfully choreographed show. I I will say that. It's a wonderfully choreographed show. I always, you know, we do things a little bit different. So it'd be fun to incorporate some different styles of dance into a show that's always traditionally done the same style. So hands down, I hope that happens at some point. Um, Let's see. Uh, maybe a tap show, like anything goes, or something like that would be a oh. dream. Now, see, that's an old show because you know I'm not into the old old ones that much. Although her old and my old are different, <laughs> and, but uh, anything goes. I I love that because yeah. I love the tap. So yeah. anything goes is a great musical. Yeah. I don't. That's such a hard question because I feel like anything that I really really want to choreograph, I just put it on the list. And next year we're we're adding her up. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I wish I had more no, answers. I'm gonna get in the car and be like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I that, that I didn't say that." Oh, there's I'm I'm a I like Shrek the musical. I don't know if you guys are fans of Shrek, but there's a I've never seen it. I haven't seen the music. I've uh, seen the movie. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? You sh- the the musical they have a live a filmed live version on Netflix of Shrek the musical. Oh, do they? It's pretty good. I saw the tour in Chicago. I really like it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same like humor level. Nothing's too different from the movie which i always appreciate okay. if it's a, like a cult classic movie like yeah. don't change too much about it right but like there's rocky a horror. Yeah. yeah there's oh there we go i would love to choreograph rocky horror some we haven't done anything like too risque at the studio in a long time so that would be a blast um but there is a dance in um the opener of shrek the musical uh starts out with a tap dance where all of the shoes are mice and really? I think that would be a blast to do. That so. is cool. Hmm. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what what um what musical if if you could uh, musical would you want to sing and dance to that you haven't done yet, Ron? Huh. What musical would I want to do if I could sing and dance? Yeah. Hmm. I would have to say. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, well, it, it would probably be it, it, Guys and Dolls, because I'm a huge fan of Frank Sinatra. Love Frank. Oh, Old Blue Eyes. And I just loved him in that. And I think that would be great, which is surprising because it's been done like a gazillion times in town and I've never done it. So, but, you know, but that would probably be it. I like Guys and Dolls. It's okay. It's, it's a long one. <laughs> Some of the older musicals are very long <laughs> they are they are that's a long one and that is a that is a long one um yeah and it, and it's got great numbers it's you know i'm not gonna put down guys and dolls i'm not gonna put down any show <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no no i'm just joking but no uh yeah okay i was just curious guys and dolls what about you brian uh well, thanks for asking right uh, <laughs> i 
Uh, let's see. I guess I really would. I've got two in mind, and they're very similar. Um, one, I, I've always, always, and this is more singing, the issue with singing than dancing, but I have always wanted to play, and speaking of long musicals, King Arthur and Camelot. I have always wanted to play King Arthur oh. and Camelot. Um, I just think, you know, and that's a show that's like four hours long. Um, the other one uh, that I got to see on Broadway, and I thought, oh, if I could sing and dance, I would do this in a heartbeat. And that is uh, Spamalot. And uh, and I can't, it was the role that uh, the, the the guy that played Niles uh, Crane, Frazier's. Oh, wow. Um, and I can't think of it. I've seen him twice on Broadway. I saw him in that, and then I saw him on in uh, with Bette Midler and Hello Dolly, but I can't remember his name. But he he plays. I think he plays Sir Robin the Not So. I don't know if you know much about. That I know musical. some of the music, but I've never but seen it all the way through. His his number in in Act Two is called um, is called you can't you can't do him. Yes, David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Love David Hyde Pierce. Seen him twice. Um, <laughs> But he's the, well, the number that he does uh, that he sings is, you can't have a musical uh, if you don't have a Jew, and it's really I know. Oh my! <laughs> I, the most face was like, oh my god, he just said that. But I mean, this is this is a comedy, and this is a you know, and it's Monty Python. Um, but but it's a wonderful one. If if you get a chance, Google David Hyde Pierce. Okay. Spam a lot. And watch the choreography on this because it he's he's it's just amazing. At the point where there's a point where all the men, the the, the soldiers, the knights are doing the old Russian. They're they're down on their knees and they're doing oh, the kicks. And the, I mean, it's a wild, wild uh, number. And I, I always said if I if I could sing and dance, that'd be something I'd want to do. That's so, fun. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So well, really- I mean, you don't have to. Oh. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying we're we're in the we're in the. I got you. you know, well, yeah. I mean, by the time area. you edit out, we'll have about a ten minute episode, right? As Dave would say. <laughs> Not me. I don't edit. Hey. I mean, I edit, but I don't. And, I don't and, take anything. Uh, for those of you who are listening or who have listened, we want to thank you all very much uh, for your support of the podcast. Um, feel free to uh, leave reviews. Um, also make sure you tell somebody, uh, that's how things are going to grow. If you like what you hear, or even if you don't like what you hear, let somebody know, uh, that's, uh, that's really the way to go. So, uh, I guess as my producer is now telling me, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. Um, I just want to, again, thank everyone for listening. Um, you know, check out, uh, our website, mineralcommunityplayers.org to leave some feedback, maybe some questions and who knows, maybe in the future we'll do a, uh, you know, a uh, listener feedback uh, episode. Yeah, and if you do want to send uh, send us an email to tell us how much you love our podcast, um, how much you want DeVoe to be here all the time, um, or whatever, um, you know, if you want to say, hey, that Brian guy needs to stop stuttering every time he talks, that's great too. But anyway, uh, go to Monroe Community, or write to Monroe Community Players at yahoo.com. There it is. I'd also like to thank our hosts, uh, the wonderful Impact Studios, yep. uh, for their palatial uh, suite that we are in right now. Yes. Uh, just it's so inviting. <laughs> it is. It's, it's wonderful. High atop the Benish Building in downtown Monroe, Michigan. <laughs> there it is, folks. So once again, I would just like to thank everyone, thank our, our lovely guest, Devo Riggs. Thank you. It's always thank a pleasure Thank you for inviting me here. back. 
support it's support the groups. And uh, well, thank Brian, and uh, good luck on your your journey. Oh, thank you. Yes, and, yes, and yeah. I will be back with uh, with a report on on the West End and English theater. <laughs> Sounds exciting. So once again, thank you all for listening to the Real Community Players podcast featuring. The gr- hey, I'm the only one that hasn't got to go on a rail assignment. Uh, featuring the Green Room Groovies. And just remember to uh, check us out on iTunes and tip your white staff. Thank you. <laughs>